Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two days later, and we're all still sorting through the same thing. Who knew what and when? When it comes to NFL overtime rules, that's where we are. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. I'm here in New York City. Maggie is in New Jersey. We have a enormous winter storm. What are we getting? Five inches, Maggie? What is it? Six inches here? Freezing rain? Uh, Six feet. You know, for a, uh, I'm a little disappointed. A upstate New Yorker in your home? What's going on there? I realize I'm getting roasted by all my friends in upstate New York, but the heavy stuff has started to come down, and we're going to get some crazy, crazy snow. Listen, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan probably wishes he could bury his (laughs) head in snow right now because you're right. It's like we've parsed back through who knew what. It's such a great way to put it, Perloff. Who knew what when? We knew that the 49ers players did not know the new overtime rules Mm -hmm. because if Eric Armstead said it and he's a defensive player and Kyle Juszczyk said it and he's an offensive player, that means on both sides of the ball, I don't think we understood, they understood what was happening. Now, the real question is, what did Kyle know? Well, also on top of that, I don't think anyone in America, and there were 100, actually the world, there were 123 million viewers, they said. I think 122.9 viewers did not understand what was going on with the clock. (laughs) And like, I still, you know, should we debated yesterday, should they have had the clock? And they had to have the clock because there was a halftime and for some reason it would be tied. But a lot of people thought time was running out on that final drive on the Chiefs. Everyone's like, why are they hurrying to the line? The the time is running out. So what the real actual rule is it's a new game. Game in regards to the clock, uh, so they did not have to score before the end of the first quarter. Uh, did, did another question, Maggie? Do you think the broadcast did a good job of explaining all this? Because I, I think they were a little bit behind. Um, listen. I think it's kind of tough in that spot. They put the rules up, so you had to read it on the screen. But if you're at a Super Bowl party or something, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we consume the Super Bowl is a little, a lot more social than just a regular, you know, week five where you're probably just sort of at your house or with your close friends or family. I, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think the bottom line for this is this never really held up. And when I say this, I mean Kyle Shanahan's explanation. And there's a couple reasons why his explanation of wanting to take the ball first never held up. Now, whether or not you would have done it if you were the coach of the team or not is one thing. But his explanation was they wanted to get the ball third. So he wanted to go down in theory, score a touchdown. The Chiefs would counter with a touchdown, and then it would go to sudden death, and he would only need a field goal. Well, we found out from Patrick Mahomes after that uh, in an interview that if they had gone down and scored a touchdown, the, the 49ers, and the Chief also scored a touchdown, they were going to go for two. Yeah, but how did Shanahan know that? 
Well, he didn't, but you don't you have to account for that? If you're accounting so much that you're thinking about the third possession of overtime, don't you have to think we might not even be able to get through the second possession of overtime? Because they you're handing the Chiefs the advantage in every way possible. Unless we didn't, you know, unless he, he really was worried about his defense being out of gas. But again, even if your defense is out of gas and if the Chiefs score in three plays, your offense would still get a chance to go out there and counter. So every way Kyle Shanahan has explained this, it doesn't add up. Yeah, I mean, listen, what what did he have to go on historically here? There's no, everyone's talking about analytics. There's actually no, not this has never happened in NFL history. The rule came in last year. There were no overtimes in last year's playoffs. There were no overtimes in this year's playoffs. So you can maybe give him a little pass because it never happened before. But the other thing, one thing we disagree on a little bit here, yeah. uh, we fought about before the show, we are, it's not guaranteed that the Chiefs come down and score a touchdown and hit the two-point conversion. There was a couple key plays where the Chiefs actually failed in short-yarded situations. Now you think they come up with some fancy pick play, but if for some reason the officials were going to call the uh, pass interference, uh, which would be a gutsy call, because you know that's what the Chiefs would do. They would knock off some defender. I don't know. It's not guaranteed. They could have won the game as well. Listen, you're right about that, and the Chiefs did not run two-point conversions from all the stats we could find yeah. before the show. Did not look like they ran a two-point conversion this year, but here's the thing. You look at statistically, you're somewhere between a 40 and 55% chance league-wide converting on two-point conversions, and then you add the Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid element to it. Uh, that's probably something I, you know, we talk about the inevitability of Patrick Mahomes. I like him to score a touchdown whenever he needs one, and I would like him in that two-point conversion. At least I'd be going down with my best player. Whatever. I mean, Detroit's a great two-point conversion team. Look what happened to them in the Dallas game. That was a nightmare. <laughs> that was a mess all around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I agree. Listen, I would not bet against Patrick Mahomes in a two-point conversion situation, but I feel like we kind of were pointing to this overtime situation as the, it's going to be, you know how this goes, Maggie, it's going to evolve. It's like, Oh, the Niners lost to the chiefs only because they didn't, because they didn't know the overtime rules or they didn't communicate it. And there's just a lot more going on. There's several more layers to the story. And the other reason is the better team probably won the game. Well, uh, and the more clutch team won the game. Okay. But you know, I don't think that gives me a lot of solace if I'm a 49er fan, because you already knew that Mahomes you know, is an all-time great player, and you were going to be going up against that and a juggernaut of him and Kelsey and Andy Reid. And by the way, they did a great job on Kelsey. And we talk in the first half, we talk about Dre Greenlaw, and we talk about the impact of him leaving the game, you know, and, and tearing his Achilles or hurting his Achilles right before the end of the first half. I mean, how much did that play yeah. into then Kelsey, you know, being more of a factor in the second half? You're right. There's so many layers. But again, this is one game. It's not a series. And you had the lead, you relinquished it, you got it back, you relinquished it again, <laughs> yeah. you find yourself in overtime. I, at some po- In some ways, what more could you ask for? Then you win the toss and you elect to go, you know, to take it on, on offense first. You're right. There's not a lot of analytics for the NFL yeah. in terms of these postseason uh, overtime rules, but we all watch college football. We all know that this is a big strategy in college football to take the ball second. Uh, when you get to OT. Well, I mean, in the past, you always obviously would have taken it. In a normal game, you would have taken it first sure. in that situation because you want to score a touchdown and win the game. There's no debate. So, yes, I, Kyle Shanahan made a mistake there. Is it the most egregious mistake? I don't think so. In part, two, his defense was gas, so at least he has a logic. I, I think you had a point earlier, someone had a point that Kyle Shanahan should have explained that a little more. It might look better. But the, the reality is, 
I don't know. I just had this feeling the Chiefs were going to win the game. And I, from the end of the third quarter on, I just was waiting. Even, even if the Niners had not missed that extra point, Maggie, there was a certain point where if the Chiefs need to score a touchdown or they need points, Patrick Mahomes was going to use his legs. That's a story as old as time. Yep. So I think it was just a matter of when he decided to go there. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I'm told we have phone calls. Yeah, let's uh, go to Big Friendly in California. Big Friendly, what do you think of the end of the game? Hey, how you guys doing, Maggie, Proloff, Ackerman, Bogish, and the other gentleman? Sorry, I forgot your name. <laughs> Before Fred. we start this, Ackerman. <laughs> yeah, Ack's not here either, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, well, two weeks ago, Maggie, Proloff, when I called, there was a lady from Frisco who had a lot of vigor in her voice. So to that lady this morning, I knew Monday morning your Frisco heart was crying, crying, crying. Now, with like the invention of the wheel, let's move forward. <laughs> let's talk about Kyle Shanna, I can't keep a lead hand, and why we keep giving <laughs> this guy so many passes. The San Francisco 49ers. I'm a Rams fan. This pains me to say this. One of the best teams from the first position to the 52nd position. Best team, hands down. Kyle Shanahan is the problem. Mm. This man gets them to the big game and for some reason cannot stay away from butter cookies on the day of the big game. Mm. And Ackerman and uh, Proloff, yeah. you weren't wrong. Kyle Shanahan did not prepare that team properly. Thank you, Big Friendly. Yeah. yeah, I I think it's actually I have not really been going after Shanahan. I think other people have been doing that more. Do you agree with that, Maggie? That Kyle Shanahan did not prepare the team properly. Definitely. I mean, the, I have the evidence. I've got Eric Armstead and I've got. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk both saying after the game they had no idea what the overtime rules were. I mean, you just played two really close games against the Green Bay Packers and against the Detroit Lions. You didn't think there was any non-zero probability that you were going to go into overtime and maybe you should hit these guys with a refresher? I mean, maybe a PowerPoint? Anything. Well, I, I I just don't understand. Well, why couldn't they have... Here's a question. Then why didn't they just tell them at the end of the game? Why do they have? They don't have to do it before the game. Just tell them as obviously they knew it was going to overtime when it was going to overtime. Why not just tell them then? Well, I guess you could have, but I mean it's a little Johnny on the spot, right? I, I, I like. Here's the thing: from what the Chiefs sounded like, they sounded like not only did we know it, we've been talking about it since training camp. Mm-hmm. So it's not like oh this big deal. Like now we're introducing this whole new element or something in the literal moments of the Super Bowl, the final moments, and they knew exactly what they were going to do in both positions, whether they had won the toss or whether they had deferred and had played out all these scenarios. The thing about Kyle Shanahan is he is he is a great coach. He's a genius of a coach. But in these big moments, for big friendly, for people who want to question his his um, you know acumen in these big games, it's 100% fair. 100% fair. All right, let's go to Bergie in Florida. Bergie, what do you got? Hey, guys, I have an alternate overtime theory that Shanahan may not want to admit. But if you think about it, giving Purdy a clean slate in overtime where he doesn't have to come from behind, there's already so much pressure versus giving Mahomes the ball first, knowing they're going to score at least three and maybe seven. Then Purdy's got that immense pressure. Mm -hmm. And so that could have factored into it. And it may be somewhat reasonable but it would be something he wouldn't want to admit in terms of his relationship with Purdy going forward. 
What do you think? I mean, good theory. Uh, I like it um, to try to, you know, listen, this was a big difference in this game. Patrick Mahomes on one side and Brock Purdy, who was, let's be honest, though, the MVP runner-up this year, Brock Purdy. Um, you say that with such disdain. And no, also, I'm just D- saying, Dak I'm, was a runner-up. Uh, Purdy oh, was sorry. fourth. Yeah. Purdy was fourth. So, but MVP finalist. I'm sorry, Dak was runner-up, pardon me. But here's the thing. Purdy had been coming back in all these games. Yeah. The drive against the Packers, yeah. obviously against the Lions. I it's it's bigger in the Super Bowl. I'll give them that. It's a and it's not a bad theory. Did they do this to protect Purdy though? Um, I don't. I think they trust Purdy. I think they have the ultimate trust in him. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Let's go to Adrian in Maryland. All right, Adrian, what do you think of the overtime? I think. Well, this this is my thing. I think the media. You guys are not blaming, but you're putting a lot of on the plate of the players. Players, their job is to go out in there and play. It was the coach's job for the strategy point. So with them not knowing, I'm I'm okay with that. Mm. Now, co- now, if the coach didn't know, that's a different story. Um, and as far as the explain of the the overtime, I was looking at the TV and it, and when the Chiefs had the ball and it was like 15 seconds left, I was like, why are they calling timeout? Why are they calling timeout? And I did eventually re rewatched it and heard Tony Romo say. The clock doesn't matter. So everybody at home, calm down. The clock <laughs> doesn't matter. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not a regular overtime. Yeah. Adrian, thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, uh, I had some friends in the media, Maggie, who did tweet out the clock management here is horrible by the Chiefs. What are they doing? Uh, <laughs> and then they uh, afterwards deleted the uh, – tweets as they should have. I think we were all very confused by that. I, I think that's fair to say. Well, you want to start naming names? <laughs> no, no, I know, but I don't actually, I, that's the thing. I'm not killing Kyle Shanahan. I'm not killing media members. This was the first time it happened. Can't anybody ever give anybody a break in this game? Well, no, not in this game. You, you know, unfortunately, no, because the, the margins are razor thin. And one team seemed prepared and the other team didn't. Ultimately, how, you know, is it the only reason why the Chiefs won the game? No, the Chiefs are the better quarterback in the game. And the Chiefs had, you know, came through in the bigger moment. And the Chiefs had the better defensive end, I guess. You know, there's a lot of talent on the 49ers. Well, both Chris Jones de- getting home on Brock Purdy was also the difference in this game. Well, I think, I mean, both teams had great defensive ends. Yeah. I think Bosa had a sneaky great yeah, game. Yeah, Bosa was good. Uh, all right, let's take one more call in this overtime situation. Habit in Seattle. All right, Habit, what do you think? Hi, guys. Yeah, I think, so I'm a diehard Niner fan, and this has been, like, hurting me for the last two days. <laughs> and uh, thinking about this. But I feel like based on what the uh, Evan Washburn interview came out and now the inconsistencies right after that, he went on the podium and said, you know, why we when why we got the ball first. Uh, I feel like Kyle didn't know the, the rule also. It just, it looks like, like that. He, I, I think he needs to explain a little bit more of what he meant by that comment because it would just, I feel like it, it'd be really interesting to go back and at the night, would have scored a touchdown, how would the players would have reacted? I, I feel like it, it would be pretty funny if they would have given him a catering bat. Right <laughs> <after> that. <laughs> I mean, that would have been the most awesome mistake in NFL history if they had given him a catering. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that is a big question, honestly. But I, I don't think X's and O's wise, it really uh, affected the game that much. 
the optics of them celebrating would have been one of the worst things in NFL history. Well, there's a okay, so there's a couple things here. Number one, what Abid was talking about the Evan Washburn interview. So that's the losers interview, does a post game, you know, we've all seen this before, where the losing coach comes out and and does the gracious interview. And what he said was, I wish we just could have scored a touchdown there. And we tried to parse out what that meant because scoring a touchdown in overtime doesn't do anything for you because the Chiefs still would have gotten the ball. Maybe I think he meant wish we could have scored a touchdown when we got the ball left with five and a half minutes left in overtime. And what he meant was like salting the clock and salting the game away. Why he would have needed a touchdown, though, is not clear because the game was tied at the time. So he only would have needed a field goal to walk it off, if you will. Well, again, we're, we're being kind of splitting hairs, but it's all it's all important. Well, that would have been huge, though, because that would have forced the Chiefs with limited time to score a touchdown and not get a field goal, which would sure. have been massive. I thought they were going to do it. Did you think at a certain point it was about four minutes left and Tony Romo goes, uh-oh, the clock is a thing yep. here, Jim. I It hit me like, wow, they are really moving the ball in the right way on this drive, if they could have just done that, they could have won the game that way as well. You know, great point. And then the other thing about the Gatorade bath. Now, if the Chiefs, if the 49ers had scored a touchdown thinking they won the game because no one knew the new overtime rules and actually doused Kyle Shanahan with Gatorade inadvertently. Yeah. Now, what happens with the prop bet there? Because oh. if you guys heard about the controversy with Reba McIntyre and the national anthem, yep. she did home of the brave twice. Yep. So BetMGM, I know, I'm not sure about the other sports books, but BetMGM paid off both people who had the over and the under mm-hmm. on the national anthem. If you're the Gatorade bath, is it the first dumping of the Gatorade or is it the, which one wins? I guess whoever wins the game, right? I guess it would have, yeah, I guess, I'm sure the bet would say, the, what would the winning coach Right, it has to say with. winning so, coach, so not if, just if first somehow, Gatorade. Oh, you sure about that? I would, yeah. I think, feel like, I mean, I've seen those bets. I feel like that's what they normally say. Yeah. So I would assume, assuming now the Niners could also still win, <laughs> um, so maybe Shanahan would still you still win the bet. But yes, I would assume that it'd be well whatever Andy Reid got hit with because he was the winning coach. By the way, I, why would they pay out both over unders yeah. on that, on that national right, anthem? My total was voided. I, I landed at forty seven on my total because it went from forty seven and a half to forty six and a half to forty seven. So I didn't. They just voided my bet. Is it paying out both or avoiding them? I guess every book does it differently. So what I saw from MGM is they paid out both. So she said, when she sang Home of the Brave, initially it hit the under, but then she repeated the line, Home of the Brave, and that went over. I understand, too. There's a limit on what you can bet on that because there are obviously people have access to that uh, rehearsal. Yeah. Right. So that's not, I don't think you can bet more than $100 on that. I'm not sure the exact rules. But I tell you, uh, there was, Vegas nailed pretty much every prop bet and every total and every spread. They knew it seemed like they knew exactly what was going to happen in that game uh, because they were very close. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, you are welcome to weigh in on this overtime controversy. How much are you blaming Kyle Shanahan for losing the game? Was it the decisions in overtime? And do you think he actually knew what was going on? 855-212-4CBS. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. Back here on Maggie and Perloff. All right. The Maggie Perloff show does not pull punches. And I'm going to tell you a text I got that is going to be controversial. But I'm not afraid. I had a friend, somewhat influential friend, who said, Taylor Swift is ruining Travis Kelsey. Look at what he did to the coach. This is her fault. I was like, whoa. <laughs> what? Whoa. You know what's crazy? I kind of thought the same thing when it happened. Yeah. I, what? I did. Maybe... 
I don't think it's her fault, but I do think this tra- uh, all this Taylor Swift stuff is adding pressure to Travis Kelsey, and he's kind of losing his mind. It's a lot to take in. To be the best player, best offensive weapon on a Super Bowl team, and to be dating the most famous person in the world, I think the pressure clearly got to him. I'm not blaming Taylor at all, but I do think it all is sort of involved. You think that's a stretch? Okay, well, let's take two things here. The pressure of dating Taylor is one thing. Just her being her her boyfriend now, I think you what what I took that is like, oh, now he's a diva. Like now he thinks he can act this way because he's and I don't think she's I, who knows what she's really like. We don't know any of these people, but you can't say that. I, I what I thought is as if I was the woman and I'm watching that, I'm like, oh man. I don't really want the person I'm dating to be flying off the handle like that and getting that angry because that's something that would like kind of set something off for me. However, we work in sports. We realize people get heated. This is not an indication of who the person is. It's just the heat of the battle. But if I don't know that about sports, I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, this guy just is getting is flying off the handle at his coach. Yeah, yeah. No, because girls never like the fiery football players. They, they like the guys saying. who are calm and collected on the math test. Get out of here. You think that <laughs> Taylor Swift is so googly-eyed over this guy? He could do whatever he wanted, and she is, I, I'm telling you, he actually, I think he has a, a huge power advantage in this relationship. Guy just won the Super Bowl. She got to kiss him on the field. I mean, there is no, that is the ultimate uh, flex right there, Mag. Well, I mean, what, I think they both are kind of winning the power dynamic in different ways, but, uh, you know, the idea that she would have anything to do with him flying off the handle at Andy Reid, this is that is totally a bridge too far for me. All right, let's go to Bill in California who has a, a thought on Travis Kelsey. All right, Bill, what do you think? Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Hey, I'm a Niner fan. We lost. Shanahan proves he still can't win a big game. But the biggest, most egregious thing in this whole Super Bowl is that idiot Travis Kelsey. And, Maggie, I heard you say the heat of the moment. It doesn't matter. In life, I go to work. I get mad. I go off on my boss like that. I'm sorry. I go yeah. home with, with no more paycheck. Travis Kelsey should be fine, suspended, chest bumping, getting in his face on national TV, and the NFL should be ashamed of themselves for showing uh, uh, what they call her Tay-Tay or whatever that idiot's name is as many times as they did, more than they were showing the Super Bowl. But Travis Kelsey is an embarrassment and he should be fined, and he should be suspended. Nobody should treat another person like that. I don't care where they are. That was wrong. And I tell you what, I have no respect for Travis Kelsey to this moment. He is nothing like his brother Jason. That guy should be suspended for at least half the season next year. Wow. Whoa. That Um, is a strong call. How about this? Um, Maggie, what do you think? I, I don't agree with the suspension. Uh, how about a public apology, though, which he did not do after the game? What if he issued a statement? Would that help? I mean, uh, how genuine would it look? I, I don't know. I mean, would that placate people? Maybe. Something. Listen, I'll, I'll be something. honest. Yeah. It was shocking in the moment. It was shocking. To, not yeah. only that it happened, but that it happened during the Super Bowl and that he almost knocked Andy Reid over. Let's be honest. We watched Bill... Uh, Tom Brady scream at Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels, and we all have that image, but it never felt like they were really going to come to blows. Um, I and I don't think this was going to happen, but no, it was it was very shocking, and I think that a lot of people did lose some respect for Kelsey in that moment. However, I do like to give a little bit of grace 
that an NFL sideline is not your average office. You know, that yeah. we, we say, oh, if I did that at my job, and I get where you're coming from, but it is apples to oranges. There is a much more permissive, you know, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying there is more of a permissive, like, guys get into it with each other on an NFL sideline, yeah. and that's not that uncommon. Yeah, you're a warrior, to use an analogy. You got to get completely amped up and in sort of beast mode. So I think that it all adds to what Travis Kelsey was going there. And the other thing is, like, you could suspend him. You obviously were not going to take him out of that game. They needed him desperately. And the NFL has I, some off-the-field stuff that I think they're too light on their suspensions. You can't suspend somebody for something on the field and then sort of turn around and have players doing some of the things they're doing and give them light suspensions. There's no way. I don't agree with Bill. I understand the sentiment. It was embarrassing. It was a terrible look. But to suspend him doesn't seem fair to me. No, I, I, and I just don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. But I, no. I guess, like, but I think that the 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 sentiment is right. I think a lot of people did re- lose respect for Kelsey because, again, like, you're it's an affront to the authority right there, and and also like chill out. You know, you you have been here before. There's a way you can get your message across, and so it was very shocking, and it, and it kind of went against type. Because I think people, you know, Kelsey likes to get under the skin of his opponent. We know that. And we know he's a fiery dude, but not like to Andy Reid. That, you know, I can't imagine another player of that star caliber, any player bumping a coach like that is just, it's crazy. And we talked about it before, and I think Bogus mentioned yesterday by A.J. Brown. But again, you can kind of just pick the name. Odell Beckham, Terrell Owens, you know. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, you mentioned yesterday. Like, if a lot of other guys would have made that same move. It would have been, I and mean, like Kelsey is getting crushed, but I still think it might it would have been even worse. And well, I think he's getting a lot of grace because he's Travis Kelsey. But a lot of those guys, everyone, I think some of the guys have, are famous for their sideline explosions, though. So yeah, you, do, you lose your cool on the sideline. I think that's part of football. I don't think one guy I mentioned ever bumped their their coach and had the guy lose balance. I don't think. I've, and I, we've seen To blow up. We've seen Odell blow up. Odell's yeah. kicking, you know, kicking uh, nets. But he's yeah. not actually knocking down Tom Coughlin. Yeah, but we've seen players yell at coaches many, many times. Oh, For sure. Yeah. Even this year, I mean, fa- famously Tom Brady chewing out Bill O'Brien. I think there were, I, I have to look it up. I think there was a big player uh, coach conference. And now Rasheed Rice, even on the Cheaps, was yelling at somebody. Uh, who was yelling? Was he yelling at Reed? Mahomes? He was yelling at Mahomes because yeah, he was, he was open, and Mahomes and Mahomes was like clutching and didn't right. and didn't throw him the ball. Do you remember we had the famous dust up? It was the. Um, the two oh. players for the Washington Commanders. It was uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, right? They like got into it on the sideline. Yeah. That, that's what happens. But again, not bumping the head coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the bump was an accident. I don't it's think he meant screaming them. in his face. I don't think. It, yeah. yeah, but there have been sc- screaming coaches. I no, remember. I by the way, this year Sean Payton yelled at Russell. Freaked out on Russell Wilson, which was so stupid. And, Sean Payton did such a crap job this season also, that the, he was trying to blame it all on Russell Wilson. I did not like. And also, it, it also was a stupid reason. Like, there was no reason to even get that crazy. It was a 3 nothing game, and someone fumbled. Like, Yeah, I know. It wasn't even like, oh, you threw the ball to the wrong guy, or, oh, it was the end of the game, and yeah. we just blew it. Like, it was the first quarter, and some guy fumbled, and he's yelling at Andy Reid. If I was Andy Reid, I'd be like, what the hell are you yelling at me for? In defense of all these guys, what, are, what do they have in common that people are talking about? Sean Payton, Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs. Even Toyota, something said they all want to win. So yeah. listen, at least th- their head is in the right place. I mean, Kelsey was mad because he didn't have an opportunity to help the team. But to it's be, not like he was mad because he wasn't getting stats. But to be fair, they all want to win and think that the only way they can win is if they're in the spotlight and they're the reason. 
that's, yeah, that's but that's why they are where they are. That's why. That's oh, of course. Who, yeah. I, with deep receivers, there's a whole psychology I've read about the psychology of receivers and why they are the way they are. They play one-on-one, away from the field. They need more guys to do their job right than any other player on the field in order to work. By so the I way, get why they're, they are how they are. Real quick, uh, callers, we see you there. Uh, oh, we'll get to you in a minute, but... EJ saw his hero, a wide receiver, the ultimate diva wide receiver, and didn't have the guts to go say hello to him this weekend in Las Vegas? I don't know if I would say the guts. Phil McConkie was there? EJ, what <laughs> happened to you? You had an opportunity to see your idol. Yeah, so I was at the EA Sports party and Super Bowl week, and Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, who is probably my all-time favorite NFL player, walked right by me. And it's, these parties are very interesting because they're corporate folk, they're fans, they're other players, and you don't really know who's who to a lot of degree. You know the players, but the fans and the corporate you don't know. So Osho took a picture with some women that I thought, okay, maybe he is taking pictures with fans. Maybe I should go over there. But then he kind of got whistled away really fast, and I was like, oh, I think I just missed the opportunity. And what made it worse was I was like, you know what? If that happens again, I'm not going to fail. So then the next day, I'm walking through – Aria Hotel, guess who I see? Another Bengals receiver. TJ Hushmanzada? Jamar Chase. <laughs> Current Bengals receiver. I said, you know what? I'm going to walk up to him. I'm not going to be afraid this time. So I go to Jamar Chase and I say, hey, Jamar, great season. You mind if I take a photo? Exact words. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, right. no. Now, to be fair, he oh. said it. It wasn't like he was being like mean. He, he got a pause. He, he didn't think about it. He kind of thought about it. He's like, nah, I'm good. And I said, no worries. And he went right into his restaurant or whatever. So then now my soul is crushed because the Bengals receiver I really want to take a picture with, I didn't. Then I said, okay, well, at least maybe I can hang out with Jamar Chase for a second. That'd be cool. And he told me, nah, bro, I'm good. Wait, what do you mean? He, what do you mean I'm good? Yeah, we know you're good. You're Jamar Chase. That's not the point. <laughs> like he thought you were Wait, saying, like, would you like a picture with me, Jamar? Yeah, like, so, like, nah, Jamar, like, do I need a picture of EJ Stewart in my phone? <laughs> nah, I'm good. Uh, Shout EJ. out to Jamar Chase. He's one of my favorite current players, too. So I, I was 0 for 2 on that. Oh, my gosh. First of all, I think that your odds that Chad would have said yes, especially at the EA's party, is like, 11 out of 10. I really? mean, it's 100 out of like, oh. There was no way you were getting denied by Ocho Cinco, which I'm sorry if that makes it worse. That does. But, oh my gosh, that I'm the what's the life lesson we're supposed yeah. to take here? I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I got good news. Trent Irwin is going to send in an autograph, the slot backup <laughs> slot receiver for the Bengals. Remember that little guy, Irwin, who sometimes gets open? That's what we got for you, EJ. We're just going to go oh, down great. the depth chart until someone takes a picture with EJ. <laughs> <laughs> John like, I, don't not longer, I don't know how much longer T. Higgins is going to be on the team, but uh, <laughs> seen him on the, in the airport or something. Ocho, if you're listening, I'm a big fan. Jamar Chase, still a big fan. Love to take a photo with either one of you at some point in my life. Man, how funny. And you had the perfect <laughs> opening for, for Ocho, which is like, hey, I think you're my favorite athlete cameo in any in yes. any TV show yeah. of all time. That would have been a good opener because I bet he doesn't get that all that often. All right. Andrew Bogus, do you have any uh, non-Victor Wembanyama headlines for us this I hour? Do. Or is it going to be the same Wemby show? No, no. We'll mention Wemby eventually. Let's begin, though, with the NBA referees doing to Jalen Brunson and the Knicks what Jamar Chase did to EJ, apparently. Uh, this is final seconds in Houston last night. Games tied at 103. Rockets have the ball. A shot gets blocked out of the perimeter. Aaron Holiday picks it up. 
and all of this happened. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Five seconds to go. Green on the drive. Gets inside. Reverse block by Archua. They throw it over the buzzer. Almost went in, but a foul. A foul called on Jalen Brunson. The Knicks are stunned. Uh, basically, everybody was Mike Breen, MSG TV. This is as desperate a desperation as it gets for Aaron Holiday. I think it was even one-handed as he corrals this ball, what, 35 feet from the rim. Maybe there's contact from Brunson. Holiday hits two free throws, misses the third on purpose, so time runs out. Yeah. The Rockets win 105-103. I think this is Brunson being sarcastic. Great call. Next question. <laughs> It was a great call. Next question. You'll be shocked to learn that crew chief Ed Malloy said postgame it was not a great call. They looked at it in their dressing room, and then the refs realized that Brunson did not make enough contact with Holiday for a foul. There should not have been a whistle. The Knicks couldn't challenge it. So, again, they lose 105-103. But nothing will happen to him. To whom? The referee. The referee. Well, we'll but get he the... made a mistake. Yeah. Come on, guys. So what? What is he supposed to? Do? You're supposed to get fired. He, he should be. He should be suspended or fined or both. For one hundred percent. Wait, here's my it's question. Part of his job. Wait a minute. Hold on. We have other guys in the NBA when they make bad mistakes, they get flagrant fouls or they screw up. They can get cut. They can get waived or suspended or fined. The Referees play- can make obvious mistakes that change the outcome of games, right. and we're gonna say, "Oh, sorry, go so on what, to your game." The players, You're fine. the players can't talk about the referees either, and. And and the referees can only talk in a pool uh, and, and can't talk to the media. Right. You guys right. are Knicks fans, so you're telling me every time no. a, if there's a mistake in a Raptors Pacers game on a Wednesday night, you should suspend. I know they should be out there talking. I'm so tight about the Knicks right now and that loss, but this is beyond Knicks because I've been talking about this for years. The officiating in all sports has hit an all-time low, and part of the problem is the lack of transparency. No, it's absolutely well, not true because we just it see it true. all and we tweet all about it. Do you think in the 1970s before replay they were getting all these calls? They were just wildly guessing no, at half the stuff. even 15 years ago we weren't complaining about calls like this. Yeah, because we're all on top of it because of social media now. Go ahead, Wait, Maggie. hold on. A couple things. It's ironic that, that officiating would be at an all-time low when the replay rules and the amount of cameras and eyeballs that are on, a, on every one of these games should mean that it's at an all-time high. That, that's the other crazy part. You have a replay review. You can review almost anything if you're the official. Why wouldn't they take the take a moment, you know, in the heat of battle as opposed to after the fact come out and tell us that it's bad and that it was wrong? 
Because the only way to do that is for the Knicks to challenge it, and they didn't have a challenge. See, this is what's all messed up about it, right? Because the, the and the NBA has had an issue with this with the challenges, you know, and and the NFL does too. Just because you don't have a challenge doesn't mean the play shouldn't be challengeable. So, and that's why inside of a minute, thirty seconds, whatever you want, it should be the ref should have be at their discretion. No? Counter argument: Maybe if the last forty five seconds of an NBA game didn't take six and a half hours, then maybe they could challenge everything. But it, right now, it is an unwatchable product but, but because no, of replay in the end. No, here is the problem, though. What should have happened last night? They looked at that play because they had to look at it because they had to see if Holly even got the ball off or that if Brunson's contact yeah. happened right. in regulation. So Ed Malloy watched the play, and I'm watching the game, and he says the illegal contact took place before uh, the time went off. Therefore, the foul counts, and he's going to get three free throws. But then he's going to sit five minutes later and say, actually, there was no illegal contact. So Which could he ever? But but he was looking at the clock. Could he have reversed the right, call? Right, that's the problem. He couldn't reverse it, he and can't. he needs to be able to. Yes. He needs to yeah. look at that and say, that's clearly not a foul. That's clearly an egregious play. And because we have the power of replay, let's say, hey, that's not a foul. We go to overtime and let the players decide Listen, the game like we want it. There's no one here who has a bigger problem with Eddie Malloy than Andrew Perloff. We all know that. <laughs> Dude would not pass me when we were on the same summer league team back in the nineties. <laughs> you know my Eddie Malloy. Eddie Malloy, by the way, baller. So I, I saw him score guys, fifty yeah. points in a game. Incredible. He's a he's a good NBA ref. He gets the finals. So I'm saying if you're suspending him, you're gonna go deep into the roster. You think they're better guys just waiting? If well, you suspend refs for every mistake, we're not gonna have we're gonna have, you know, guys from division three college basketball refing <laughs> NBA games. Who's gonna ref? Well, first he didn't make the call. Someone else made the call. He's the crew chief, so he oh, has to explain yeah. it. So it wasn't his call. And I, I, Eddie Malloy, I agree, is one of the better referees. And if, if I don't think he would have made the call yeah. if he was in that position. And what about Perloff being open on the wing and him saying, <laughs> nope. He interviewed for that, too. Get suspended for that. Yeah. <laughs> but there is, there is so much dumb in all of these rules. Like I had a college game last week where you can only review goaltending if they call it goaltending. So... In the moment, the referees didn't call goaltending, then said, okay, you know what? Let's call it goaltending, and then we can go check it. Like, that's like those little minutiae of the rules. Like, that's the stupidity of this. Like, it just should, like, as Maggie said, it should just be open. Like, let's just fix everything. We know we can do it. Let's let's get good at it. Let's be efficient. Let's even set a timer on the review. But let's get everything right since we can now. The Bill Belichick review everything. You yeah. guys are all down with that? That means uh, more replay, a lot more replay. 100%. I, Especially I, I, late in games. Yeah, late in right. games, if you're going to be looking at the replay for any reason, you should be able to change a bad call. That's Like, to me, the, the fact that you can watch a bad call on replay and tell me and gaslight me and everybody in the audience and everybody in the arena say, oh, no, that was a foul before the time, so therefore we're going to do this. And then two minutes later, when a ref, when your reporter asks you about it, you'd say, actually, it was not a foul. But, hey, sorry, guys, go on to the next game. Yeah, and in EJ's defense, this call was atrocious. This was not like a 30-70, maybe it was a foul, maybe it wasn't. The shot from like behind the sequence, you can see daylight between Brunson and Holiday. He almost never touches him. The only contact that happens literally is because Holiday kicked his leg out. Yeah. And I'm not even saying call a foul. Like, like, it's a heave, whatever. But like to call a foul on that is just unconscionable. Yeah, what a shame the Knicks lost. Mm. I, I had a pretty big <laughs> smile on my Houston. face this morning. <laughs> I know. Perloff's all broken up. Yeah, what it. else you got, Bo? Uh, Victor Webanyama had 27 points, mm. 14 rebounds, <laughs> and 10 blocks. That's a lot. His Spurs snapping a seven-game slide, oh. 122-99 in Toronto. And a baseball signing this morning, the Giants inking Jorge Soler. Of course. Three years and $42 million for the veteran DH. Back to somebody. Pete? EJ, who wants Hi. it? What's up? I'll Maggie? Okay, there you go. 
I'll take it, where, just may I say in my own defense, the heavy stuff has started to come down here out in New Jersey. I think we're up to about An seven inch? inches of snow over oh, the last Oh, seven inches. Oh, what that are you that's that's what you got scientific. is seven inches? <laughs> Coming up, Micah Parsons. We have what he weighing in on all topics and something cool he's going to be up to in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we get to the Dallas Cowboys in just a moment. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. You hear the music? That means it's time for our Cowboy Quickie. All right, Maggie, what is the latest on America's team? Well, the latest is Micah Parsons is going to be participating in the NBA Celebrity All-Star, whatever they call it, challenge game. Uh, he's got some basketball highlights out there. This is someone you would respect, Perloff. I know you love Miles Garrett and his hooping uh, ability. I think, um, I know you, you're, it's hard for you to root for any cowboy because you're an Eagle fan, uh, but I think Micah Parsons would have your undying respect. Oh, I'm a big Micah Parsons fan. Uh, Penn State, I always have been. He's such a great personality. Now, I've seen CJ Shroud, who's also going to be in the game. I've seen his game a lot on video. That dude is a baller. He is incredible. I haven't seen Micah Parsons, but is he more, he's kind of short. Is he like a, is he a John Morant type? Is he an outside player? What's, what's the scouting report? Well, I saw a couple highlights and he was definitely taking the ball to the hoop. So, I mean, I didn't know about the outside shot, but did you, do you think Micah Parsons would play any other type of way besides yeah. extremely physical? I, I don't know. You know, who's a great basketball player. Have you guys ever seen RG3 on a pickup court? He is a he could have maybe been an NBA player. He's unbelievable. That's all if you want to do if you want to break down the best basketball playing that would be something I would watch. If you had the best NBA uh, NFL players playing a 3 on 3 tournament, I think that would be a great idea. I don't think the teams would like it because of injury risk, but wouldn't that be amazing to see Daniel Jones is apparently a great basketball player. Drew Locke was a Division 1 level player. I would be all for that. Wait, Let's make this happen. You want to do this whole exercise so you can watch Daniel Jones and Drew Locke play basketball? Drew what Locke. about Parsons? What about what about Miles Garrett? Well, Drew Locke might be I mean, he was I think he might be the best basketball player in the league right now. I think he was a, like a legit D1. <laughs> DK Metcalf is really good. Yeah, but were those guys were those guys recruited by major college basketball programs? I'm I not know. sure. I saw DK Metcalf was the he was the celebrity game MVP last year. Why so. do you say Drew Drew Lock's gigantic? Why why would you say that about Drew Lock? Why not? Because I'm saying I would want to watch the guys who are good in the NFL oh. be good at basketball. I don't need to see Daniel Jones out there with his backpack. You Daniel know? Jones is a starting <laughs> NFL quarterback. He's supposed to be a great basketball player, too. I think it's yes. more interesting to see the guys who are unathletic on the football field be amazing at basketball. <laughs> uh, where Mike, I got to be honest, I'm not quite sure about Micah Parsons' game. Is he just gonna? Are they gonna call charges on him? And if, is is whatever celebrity gonna take a charge there? Is Win Butler from Arcade Fire gonna stand in when Micah Parsons is coming down the lane? I wouldn't do that. Trains coming down the tracks, man. I'd probably get the hell out of the way. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, that's your cowboy quickie. Uh, we'll, we'll have more from Micah Parsons Perloff because there's been, um, some interesting stuff about, uh, him and CD lamb talking about the end of the season, um, and what went wrong, uh, for this Dallas Cowboys team. Wow. That's Wait, you're telling me a Dallas Cowboy player is talking about what went wrong. I haven't heard any of that. Only every single 
day I open somebody's relative or somebody, geez, would you guys shut up about last year at this point? Well, I mean, this is this is part of it. So CeeDee Lamb, a guest on Micah Parsons podcast called The Edge, and CeeDee Lamb said, first and foremost, I do need to grow up. Oh, and okay. Plenty of ways for me to handle these different situations. And he was specifically talking about not just his bad body language during that Packer game and how that was infectious towards the rest of the offense. So that he thought, but also the fact that his mother did come out and call out Dak Prescott on social media after the game. He had to clear that up, uh, you know, saying how much he loved Prescott. I mean, a little late after the fact, but he did attempt to clear it up. And Micah Parsons saying that we need more. Uh, we quote, we need to have way more accountability, accountability. I just think we let things slide too often because we know we're good. And that's all about me. I want to change the culture. I want to change the identity of what the Cowboys are. So we'll have more of that. It's all some fresh stuff. We'll have that later on for you. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phone lines real quick. We're talking a lot about the overtime situation in the Super Bowl. Did the Niners know what was going on? Let's go to Michael, Mike in Las Vegas. All right. Mike, what do you think? Did uh, did the Niners know, and did did everybody know what was going on? Hey, Perloff. Um, first of all, if you get a Sprinter van, you can uh, you can go picking in Arkansas on the way to San Antonio. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, my take was, like EJ said, the third down, third and four. I thought, well, Tony Romo didn't know the rules either. If you go back and listen to it. I thought EJ was right. They should have just ran uh, McCaffrey twice. Even if he only gets three yards, Casey would be like on the six-yard line. And think about it. We just talked for two weeks that Baltimore didn't run the ball enough, and then San Francisco did the same thing. But Romo said they did the replay on the third down where he threw it out of bounds. Yeah. He said he, he was open, but he couldn't get it to him. And Romo said to win the Super Bowl. Oh yeah! If he would have caught that, uh, Mike, Romo we're up against didn't know the rules either. We're up against a break. By the way, I did I, last night. I thought a lot about one thing was sticking with me. when EJ said, "Yeah, they should have run McCaffrey on third and four and set up a short fourth down." That's not bad thinking, Mag. That I kind of was thinking maybe that's where the overtime strategy got screwed up. Uh, so much more to do, including should the Niners be the early favorites for next year's Super Bowl, or did they just miss their best shot? Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.